Chapter 18 of the Submarine Boys on Duty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Submarine Boys on Duty by Victor G. Durham. Chapter 18 The Last Gasp of Despair. I can't realize it yet or believe it. It can't be true shuddered David Pollard. We surely did asserted Captain Jack Could you swear that you've seen the wrench since we sailed asked Jacob Farnum white-faced but cool I I can't quite say as to that replied Benson slowly But I will swear that I remember having seen it just a few minutes before we started a few minutes only insisted the builder Yes, sir. I'm positive for that matter continued the builder there has been no one on board today save those who belong aboard No, no one but ourselves have been on this boat today None of us would throw it overboard knowing how precious a tool it is declared mr. Farnum glancing about him bewildered it was hardly possible to mislay such a thing by accident Where on earth can it be then again all hands started to hunt? Henderson was the first to sink to a seat as a sign that he gave up the search the others barely glanced at him so intent were all on the hunt that meant their only chance for life and yet at last they all sat down panting and perspiring good heavens quivered the inventor we must soon begin to think of our very breath here we can't exert ourselves as we have been doing whoever moves now let him remember that he's using up the very life of others in the act of breathing all but devoid of hope they all remained sitting at first they studied the floor gloomily at last they looked up to read each other's faces no hope was to be seen in any countenance thank heaven the electric light doesn't eat up air shuddered hal hastings at last it would be fearful to be alive conscious after it had become dark don't shivered david pollard convulsively come come old chap urged Farnum laying a hand on his friend's arm you are not going to lose your courage I feel as if I ought to bear the whole punishment groaned the inventor covering his eyes with his hands it was I who invented this wretched boat but you didn't lose the wrench or mislay it broke in F Summers with the intention of consoling who did mislay it pondered Captain Jack aloud if we could only settle that point it might start us on the right track to finding the thing yet for of course it's on board the certainty that the wrench must be somewhere on the boat brought all to their feet though this time they rose slowly almost painfully after a few minutes the search became listless at hal's suggestion made with a wan smile each even searched through his own baggage pantry and galley were patiently ransacked I've heard of such things being lost before in the simplest way and defying all search for a long time Mused Hal aloud it may be the same with that precious wrench But the difference this time is that we shan't be here long enough to wait for it to turn up unexpectedly Farnum dropped into a seat again and that started the rest until all had taken seats from one to another dumb moody looks were passed each was wonderingly asking himself the same question that none would have thought of framing in words how much longer could the air last in a pure enough condition 
to sustain six lives f summers chuckled absently and then looked up startled and ashamed the others gazed at him comprehendingly each knew that f was thinking how idiotic it was for six human beings to sit in perfect health waiting until the soiling of the air about them killed them all it was a terrible thought f's mirth was of the hysterical kind finally after some minutes had passed jack benson dragged himself to his feet he was amazed at first thought to find out how every joint and muscle in his body ached he felt as weary as though he had been without sleep for a month and then he understood the dreadful lassitude was caused by the withdrawing of the life-giving oxygen from the air the oxygen was still there but combined with the carbon from lungs and blood to form carbonic acid gas which in large quantities is fatal to life when jack moved about now feeling dully as though a cane on which to lean would be a great boon the others got to their feet with evident effort and joined in one more despairing search this hunt ended as the others had done only more quickly the only places into which they had been able to look for the missing wrench were the same places that had been vainly examined twice before and this time it seemed to cause pain even to sit down how much longer could the torment last ere death came mercifully to their relief it seems as though i ought to reach out my hand and lay it on the wrench muttered captain jack benson to henderson next to whom he found himself sitting the former boatswain's mate smiled a ghastly smile his eyes glowing bright like coals jack turned with a shiver away from the strange glint in the big fellow's eyes friends said mr farnum presently we may as well realize the whole situation and agree to face it like men we can't find the wrench wherever it is we're not going to find it the little breathable air that has left us here is not going to last more than a few minutes we will not waste any more of that air in getting up to make useless searches let us be as calm as possible perhaps each man had better look down at the floor and so continue to look at the end the end let no one i beg of you raise his eyes to witness the final sufferings of any comrade there was an awed pause is that agreed to asked farnum huskily yes came in hoarse whispers and there was another long silence long as time must now be measured for a breath now was as long as an hour on the surface it was big bill henderson who spoke next gentlemen he announced the lord of battles and of spring flowers and breezes is displeased with us he's taking this method to punish us as we deserve and yet in that punishment we shall find pardon too though we suffer now we shall know joy when this life is ended somehow the speech stirred up resentment in the minds of the hearers could any death be more glorious demanded the seaman we're blessed with the privilege of serving as our own sacrifices the poor chap's mind is going first whispered mr farnum pityingly to captain jack i don't understand what he's talking about whispered benson don't be surprised at that neither does he know muttered jacob farnum are you jesting or mocking broke in henderson half angrily at the very moment when you should be getting ready for the glory of giving the last gasp of despair 
give the last gasp if you want to retorted f with savage irony and let us sit here in peace can anyone think suggested jack of any possible place in which we have not yet looked for that wrench i'm too tired to think drowsed hal his voice startled the others now that they came to examine their own conditions a bit more keenly they began to understand that they too were fast sinking into a drowsy state was the coming end too to be painless there's no use looking replied jacob farnum in answer to jack's question there isn't a single place left to explore we whether mr farnum thus broke off because he had lost his thought or whether he dreaded to say the omitted words none of the others even troubled to guess bill henderson started in to sing there were a few angry gasps of protest until the others slowly realized that the air sounded like that of some hymn the words however were in a foreign tongue picked up in the course of the seaman's wanderings over the world then their resentment softened if bill preferred to meet the end with a hymn on his lips perhaps that was the best thing for all of them it crept over them now that they felt choking sensations with pain and buzzing in their ears then the end must be near unconsciousness at any rate that loss of the senses would be the end so far as any of them could know now give thanks with your last real thoughts cried bill hoarsely gentlemen this is glorious we're going fast the last croak is upon us good-bye End of chapter 18